Good morning, church. This is our corporate prayer spot, so please join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, today as we celebrate our earthly fathers, we turn our minds to you, our Heavenly Father. Sometimes in the busyness of our lives, we forget to take time to look to you as our Abba Father. Help us to draw closer to you, not only in faith but in obedience to your ways. Your ways are good ways. Your ways bring peace and joy to us, your children. It brings us joy to know that we are in your constant care. You never leave us, not forsake, nor forsake us. You even know when we lose a hair on our heads. You tell us that just as we know how to give good things to our children, how much more do you know how to give good things to us, your children? You watch us so closely. You guide our steps and you always have a plan and purpose for our lives. Even when we lose our way and wander off to faraway places like lost sheep, Father, you come searching for your sheep. Sometimes they get lost because they are hurt and are in pain. But, Father, you always find your lost sheep and bring them home safe. Thank you for your loving care for us. When we are in trouble, you are our ever-present help. Sometimes we bring trouble on ourselves, but even then you are not a harsh father. You bring us gently to our senses and you show us a better and more excellent way to live. And you work all things in our lives for good and for your glory. We look forward to the time when we shall see you face to face because then we will fully grasp how deep, long and high your amazing love for us truly is. Above all things, we give you thanks for Jesus, that you would be willing to sacrifice your one and only son, your much-loved son, to die in our place amazes us. As we rejoice today in all the ways our earthly fathers love their children, we are mindful that these ways have been imprinted within their hearts by you. The perfect and most wonderful example of true and everlasting love. This Father's Day we honour you and give you praise and we thank you for being our most wonderful Father in Jesus' name. We've got something on the screen now. things to do with Dad um, is play Minecraft. My dad watched TV with me. My dad gives me cards. My favourite things to do with my dad are gardening and fishing. Three words that describe my dad are funny, 
kind, and nice. I like my dad because he helps me go to bed. My favourite things to do with dad is play sports, especially soccer. And I liked after, after soccer, we go out and do something together. I love my dad because he's fun. I love my dad because he loves me so much. My favourite things to do with dad are going fishing. Three words that describe my dad are funny, sarcastic sometimes, and helpful. I want to extend uh, my welcome to you as well and say Happy Father's Day and to uh, all of you who are watching online from home, Happy Father's Day to you too and trust that uh, you, you sense God's presence uh, in your homes as, as we gather together today. So today is, is Father's Day and sometimes uh, people wonder why we, we make a big deal about it in church. Isn't this a, a secular thing that we celebrate in our society? But I do want to just uh, start by saying you know, we really want to honour what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, uh, what it means to be a family. I think you'd agree uh, in, our, in our world at the moment there is a, a, a downgrading, a degrading of, of the family unit uh, as, as the centre of our society. And we really think it's important that we talk about the, the biblical understanding of, of how we're created uh, and what God's plan for us as a society, as a, as a church family, as a nuclear family, as we celebrate uh, the goodness of of the human heart as we as we long to live uh, out his values and and his purposes in our life and so today uh, is father's day today is going to be a little bit different on stage um, i'm going to i've invited three different people to come and share and i've asked them to share along the lines of um, as you've gone about living out your life as a father, uh, as a man, what is something that has um, awakened you to perhaps a reality of the character of God? Or how has an experience in your life helped you to understand uh, a, a concept or a theological understanding of God a little bit better? So I've asked three um, people to share along those lines. Now, one of them has, has pulled out, so I've filled that sh- those shoes. So we're going to have that. And then I've actually got another thing that I've, I've prepared to talk about. However, I'm actually going to do something a little bit daring and actually open up the stage. And you might even have an experience, or as I've shared those questions before, there might be something that comes to mind that you might think is worthy of sharing and 
if you don't, if maybe you might have enough of my voice and you want to stop me talking, so you can get up and talk and take my place at the end, okay? Uh, but just be aware that we do have children in with us, so just make sure that it's age appropriate, whatever you share. So I'm going to go first this morning, and I'm actually going to ask some of the children to help me out with. Uh, the thing that I've reflected on as I've thought about this notion of what have I learned or what experience have I learned as I've grown up as a, as a dad uh, and how has that helped me understand who God is a bit better? How has that helped me uh, drill home a reality about who God is? And I want to ask some of you, you kids, if you're listening, how many times do you think... How often have you heard the phrase from a grown-up, how many times have I told you? Or I've told you a hundred times. Yeah? A million, a, a million times from, from the Langmaids. Yeah? Okay, very, very good. Uh, maybe I'll steer clear of this row here because this, this might be quite telling for that. Uh, are there uh, some other kids? How many times have you heard the words, how many times have I told you, or I've told you a hundred times? It, it, maybe, maybe how many times a week? Oh, there's some more lang. I don't want to pick on the langmaids. Let's pick on the. <laughs> how, how many times a week do you reckon you've heard a phrase like that? Hundreds. Hundreds of times. How many times have I told you? I've told you a hundred times to shut the back door to. Um, tidy your room to not run in the house. Maybe I should ask someone over here. How, yeah, maybe you. How many times have you heard that phrase? Lots of times. Lots of times. Now, second, yeah. Baby. How many times? Yeah, yeah. Now, what? Now, when that phrase is said, is it said with a happy heart? Is it said with joy and love? How might it be said? Maybe, maybe I'll say. Bring. Um, definitely in an angry voice. Oh, okay. That's quite telling. I'm, we're revealing some things here. Um, yeah, frustration, isn't it? Frustration, perhaps anger. How many times have I told you? How, how many times have we heard that in our lives? And I was, as I was reflecting about this question. I was thinking about my own um, fatherhood and how many times I use that phrase. How many times have I told you? How many times have I told you? No running in the house. How many times have I told you? Be loving and kind. And I was thinking about how that often brings about a sense of frustration and, and anger in, in me, uh, as I have to say that. But, you know, there's something that's very interesting, even though there's the frustration and perhaps there's, there's anger as we say that. I want to say to my kids, um, and you probably say the same thing to your kids, no matter what they do, no matter how many times you have to use that phrase, there's actually nothing that they can do that will ever stop us from loving them. There's, there's nothing, no matter how many times something has to be repeated or talked about, there's nothing that ultimately I think my children could ever do that would stop me loving them. And um, I was thinking about that and sharing that, and then I received this Father's Day card this morning. I just want to share it to you. Happy Father's Day, dear Dad. 
I love you so much, and it's great that you will always love me back, even when I do the wrong thing. Isn't that interesting that it's not just about our hope that people understand the reality that they will always be loved, but they actually experience it and know it. And I was thinking about that when it comes to our relationship with God. I wonder how many occasions God says to us, how many times have I told you? How many occasions does God say, I've told you a hundred times, I'm always with you. I've told you a hundred times, you don't need to fear. I've told you a hundred times, don't follow into that bad habit. I've told you a hundred times. And I wonder if with God there's perhaps a little bit of frustration and anger as he loves us and wants us to walk in his ways. But we ultimately know, in the same way that I as a failing earthly father want to make it known to my kids that there's nothing that they can ever do that will stop me loving them, it is the same with our heavenly father. Even though he might use that phrase on us, even though there might be frustration, maybe there might be anger in the way that he wants to discipline us, there is nothing that we can ever do, no matter how many times he has to remind us, no matter how many times we have to have this cycle of coming back to him, coming back to him, being reminded of the simple things, there is nothing that can separate us from his love for us. Nothing can separate us from that. Think about um, throughout uh, biblical history, the, the, the people of God would wander away, would repent and come back. They would enjoy the abundance and they'd enjoy the blessing and then they'd turn away, but then they'd always call out and there's this constant coming back, coming back, coming back. How many times has the Lord shown mercy on his people? How many times does the Lord have an abundant grace that there is nothing that we can ever do for his mercies anew every morning? So that's what I just wanted to share with you. And it's not just for dads, it's not just for for mums, it's for all of us as God's children, that his mercies are new every day, that no matter what we go through, whether we do stuff purposely or unpurposely, foolishly uh, or, or, or on purpose, his love never fails and we can always receive grace and mercy from him. So that's what I wanted to share this morning. I'm going to invite Kewan up. He's going to share his thoughts on this. And then I'm going to invite Mike Stewart up and he's going to share as well. Thanks, Sam. Um, When Sam asked me during the week to come up and speak, I think there were two things that sprung to mind immediately. And I must admit, I thought we were going to have a panel type session. No matter what questions you asked me, I was going to weave these two these two answers into the story. So I'll just I'll just kind of go through those. So uh, the first one, I think, for me, becoming a dad is just that I gained, I guess, a sliver of an understanding of the extent of God's love for us. And I and I call it a sliver because I don't think we'll ever we'll ever comprehend the extent of His love for for each and every every single one of us. I think. I mean, you get married and you think you've maxed out when it comes to love. You love someone with your whole being. You do anything for them. You die for them. And you think, oh, kind of, I've kind of reached my, my limit. Um, and then the first child comes along and you find this next level. Your, your love that you thought was infinite grows and extends. And if the same thing, you, you feel this 
you love this person with your whole being, your whole self, you'd do anything for them, you'd die for them, whatever it is. Number two comes along and it just it continues to grow. And I guess for me that just reinforced, like I say, I can't comprehend beyond that. I don't know what happens when you get to six, but <laughs> I assume it doesn't change. But, but that, that for me was just that, that appreciation of the extent of, of God's love. So, um, And the second one was just uh, reaffirming that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are, we are all miracles. Uh, we are the uh, the work of a and the grand design of an almighty God. So I'm an engineer. I like to understand how things work, and I'm always marveling how man-made things work, how contraptions work, how it all fits together. Um, but nothing quite has blown my mind as much as just marveling at creation around us. Um, just even more so how things are so simple, and yet they just work so beautifully well together. And I think. One of the things I really enjoyed becoming a father was reading up about how a, a, a child grows and develops inside the womb and just the miracles that take place every hour, every day, and as that child grows and develops just before they're even born. And then obviously as they, they grow, it continues. But, so those were, those were probably the two things that, that stuck out for me the most. Mike? I'm about six inches shorter than Kewan, so I'll stand up here. <laughs> and also because Sam got a message, I might need some tissues. <laughs> Willie and I have five children between us, then along came Zoe. Didn't last long, did it? (laughs) Zoe's mother was pregnant and dealing with serious addictions and was in no condition to look after a newborn child. She said to us, I can't look after her, will you? We agreed to take uh, care of Zoe and when she was born we took this tiny baby home straight from hospital, and among her other needs, nursed her through withdrawals. Along with Lauren, our youngest still living at home, we cared for Zoe as if she was one of our own. When Zoe was about three years old, and after we had done everything to support her mother, with no change in her lifestyle, the mother continued to jeopardise Zoe's safety, so we filed in the family court seeking custody to protect her. After a 10-day trial and the mother admitting under oath she had an $800 a day addiction, the judge determined the mother would have a best chance of overcoming her problems if she had a child to care for. And as a result, granted custody to the mother with the determination with the hands Zoe back. Brings back too many memories, sorry hand her back to her mother the next day and have no further contact with her. <clears throat> Shortly after this, God gave me a vision where I was walking Zoe down the aisle. It was interesting in retrospect as the vision was of me walking Zoe down an aisle of a church as well as down a path in a garden. At the time, I did not, f- not fully understand the vision. I shared this with, Zoe, with Willie at the time. After a year or so, the mother brought Zoe back to us to look after as her lifestyle was being affected, having to look after a child. I am so proud of our children as they all treated Zoe as a little sister. On reflection, I remember Lauren feeding, bathing and caring for her like a good Christian mother would. And I'm sure her care for Zoe has played a major part in Lauren being a fantastic, loving, caring mother of her three girls today. Taking Zoe 
then bringing her back to us for care, uh, to care for became a pattern over the next few years and it was heartbreaking to deal with each time. We prayed and prayed to God for strength to deal with all that uh, we went through during the time. When Zoe was about eight years old, her mother came and collected her and told her she was taking her to Perth to live. Yet another heart-wrenching time. For the next few years, we flew Zoe over from Perth during her school holidays. Each time our children and us would put as much Christian love, prayer and support into her as we could. At about age 14, Zoe came back and lived with us for several years, during which time we were able to input Christian values and love into her life, the love of God, we hoped. Zoe's father had very little to do with her, so she saw me as her father. I must have told Zoe a dozen times I would only let her marry a man I vetted and approved of. At age 22, Zoe met Gary, and as soon as I met him, I knew he was the right one and gave my approval. I could not be happier for her. Both have now given their lives to Christ. In 2016, Zoe married Gary in the garden of our Craigburn farm house. <clears throat> Surprisingly, Zoe's father came to the wedding, at which time I informed him I was walking Zoe down the aisle. I didn't need to ask him, as God had given me the vision, and I was about to walk her down the path to marry Gary. David Smythe conducted what Zoe said was the perfect Christian wedding ceremony. She said it was so fantastic, can we do it again? Thanks again, David, and thanks again, God. I believe it's not until a child becomes an adult that a parent gets to see the full results of their loving and caring parenting. Zoe and Gary have two children, a boy and a girl, and are great parents. They named their son Zeddy Michael Mills. I have absolutely no doubt none of all of this could have happened without God in it. Over the past five or so years, Zoe has sent Willie and myself many messages, some of which I wish to share with you today. Thanks. Thanks, sir. I think I need these tissues. <laughs> yeah, put them there for Mike, I need them. Oh. Um, thank you for your, your honest and, and genuine sharing, Mike, and I think yeah, we've all been touched by that story, but it's it's a, a great um, reminder that Father's Day isn't just about you know, uh, literal dads, but all men that make a difference in the world, uh, all men that, that stand up for what's good and right and godly, and we just want to honour you, Mike, and Willie, for what you've done. Whew. So <laughs> that leads now to a time you don't have to do a tearjerker, but <laughs> is there anything anyone else particularly wants to share uh, along the lines of what it means um, to understand the love of God uh, on this day as we celebrate Father's Day? No last minute experiences or stories? Yeah, good on you, Mike. Sorry, I, I don't often do this, but... Um, just about two weeks ago, um, Sue and Michael and myself went for a bike ride, and 
Yeah, it was a beautiful evening, absolutely perfect. <laughs> it's um, going red. And um, as we're approaching home, I said to Sue, oh man, what a perfect evening. And Michael was um, just after the Hallett Cove station, there's a little bikeway. And he was swinging his feet along. And I thought to myself, you know, should I be the responsible father and tell him not to do that? Or <laughs> should I just let him be and just have fun? And two seconds later, I just heard this god-awful bang behind me. And somehow he got his foot stuck in the, in the spoke. And he went over the handlebars and cracked the helmet. And it was off to... Um, emergency department for x-rays and whatever but what I'm trying to say is like when he fell I went over his bike and I fell as well but um, the amazing thing was was Sue said I basically just bounced up and I just didn't didn't care about my injuries it was just like all about him and you know I ran ran to him and grabbed him and just held him and it, <laughs> it was just like I thought that's what God is like you know it's like you know he'll He'll put everything aside to to just look out for us. And, yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Anyone else want to share anything this morning with, with us? <laughs> Got my son with me. <laughs> Mum. Yeah, he, do you want to get him up? Um, all right, well, look, I just want to just have one, one, one last um, word. Um, there's a story uh, in the Bible about a dad, about a concerned dad. And I think all of us can learn from this dad about uh, his approach to fixing the problem for his son. So I'm sure many dads like me like to fix problems. We, we like to feel like uh, we have power, authority or a sense of uh, purpose in fixing problems. Uh, when, our, when our children come, maybe it's a toy that's broken. We, we had that on the video. We, we love to fix things, don't we? But I think there are so many things in our lives that aren't up to us and that require something greater than us in order to see our children reach their full potential. And that's what this father did. And I'm just going to read uh, the story. It's from um, John chapter 4. As Jesus travelled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned water into wine. There was a government official in a nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. As I think about this story, I think about two things. Is that this man loved his son so much. Obviously, this was a big situation. His, his son was very sick. But the principle is whether we have big issues in our lives or small little issues in our lives, it is to bring our children 
to bring our things to Jesus. This man wanted to make his his child's needs known to Jesus. Didn't want to just fix it himself. No, here's, here's a great need. And that's the song that we, we sang with the children this morning, wasn't it? Um, we, can, we should come to him uh, with all of our life's problems, uh, whether big or small, our, our first call should be always to come to Jesus. Even in prayer, Lord, make our, our needs be known. May, may my child's needs be known to you. And as fathers and mothers, how often do we do that? Do we do it often enough to bring our children to Jesus? And the second thing uh, that that got me in this this story is that this is a a government official. This is um, someone high in authority, someone who really is high and in society above Jesus. And yet this man says, Lord, did you pick that up? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now. Here is a man whose position made him uh, in society uh, bigger and better and more important than Jesus and yet part of his process was a humbling, was a coming down and recognising that Jesus was Lord and coming before Jesus as a humble man. And I think that talks a lot to me and possibly to a lot of men. You know, we like to be the proud one, the one fixing things, the one who's in a position to, to make things happen and yet, in order for this um, boy to become well, this dad, this father, had to humble himself. He had to lower himself and come before Jesus and say, Lord, I acknowledge you as Lord. I acknowledge that I am in need. I'm, I acknowledge that uh, I have no power in myself to fix this situation. I'm actually in need of someone who's greater than me. And it takes a lot of humility sometimes to do that. It takes uh, humility to come and acknowledge our need. But not only that, to then physically and actively before other people acknowledge our need for Jesus. And I think that's what this story tells me and what I want to encourage you as you, as you go from this day, as you uh, head out on, into family situations or uh, whatever you're doing today, that uh, we have a loving God who loves us so much and who longs for us to come to him, who longs for us to come to him because he has made it possible for us to be in right relationship with him. And sometimes... We actually need to humble ourselves to actually experience the full love and the full wonder and the full glory of that relationship and to bring our needs to, to him. And so might we as fathers, as mothers, as grandparents, as carers, as spiritual mums and dads be bringing our children to Jesus, humbling ourselves and asking, will you be aware of their needs. Will you protect them? Will you love them? Will you be all the things that we sang about being the shield, being the rock in their lives, acknowledging that we 
as earthly people can't fulfil it and can't do all that is needed for our children to grow up uh, in the full uh, breadth of what God has for us. So that, that be our prayer today. Let's, let's pray together. We, do you mind standing as we pray? I'm going to invite the, the music team up as well. Lord, we've spoken so much uh, about your great love this morning. And I just want to pray, uh, particularly for those who this day uh, might bring about all sorts of emotions, all sorts of thoughts and concerns. Lord, no matter where each and every one of us stand today, whether it be joy, whether it be pain, may we all know of your great love for us. And Lord, we know that you stand in the gap in all of our circumstances, that you come and show us what it means to be loved, what it means to belong, what it means to be held in your arms. Just like this government official, we all need you. We all need to come to you. We all have needs in our lives that we can't fix on our own, that can only be found in a right relationship with you, that can only be found in your loving presence. So Lord, I pray that as we sing this last song, that you would make yourself known in each and every situation, in each and every circumstance, whatever emotions and feelings are felt by every person in this room, Lord, that as we sing, we would acknowledge and know that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. No matter how many times we need to know it and learn it, your love is so great. So come now, Lord. And be present amongst us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. What a great song to finish off on. 
Uh, I just pray that uh, you know the Lord is a good, good Father. Uh, and if you don't, uh, perhaps uh, reach out to someone and invite them to tell you what he's like and what it's like to live in relationship with him. Um, Sam, Kieran, Mike, Andre, thanks so much for sharing just a bit of a glimpse of your fatherhood journey and uh, how the Lord is, is part of that as well. It's really encouraging. Uh, children, thanks for the videos. Um, you didn't just, I think, brighten your dad's day, but brighten all of our days, just, just hearing hearing about your love for your fathers. And isn't it just great that um, it's just often the little things in the day-to-day, how fathers show their love um, for their kids and just can have a lasting impression um, so it's just great, great to hear that as well. So uh, that's it for the, the formal part of the service this morning. Uh, if you're wanting prayer today, uh, there are people in the prayer room just to the riders before you head out um, that would love to sit and pray with you about anything. Uh, we've also got coffee and tea this morning, so please uh, stick around if you're able to to share that for a chat. If you are grabbing a drink, uh, the deal is um, it's important to have that and sit down and, and have that just to conform with the COVID um, rules as well. So please feel free to reorganise a few chairs and set them up in a circle if you wanted to have a drink and a chat, and that would be great as well. So yeah, just really thank the Lord for being part of this service today, and thank you all for being part of it. Really, really sense his presence and his love in this place today and hope that's the same for you that are joining us online all the best god bless you as you go into the week thank you